Every haunted place has a story with a dark past. This is Ghost Encounters Podcast. Due to the graphic and violent things discussed on this episode, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, all you spooky people, to the 17th episode of the first season of Ghost Encounters Podcast. I am paranormal investigator Justin Torok. I have two very special guests today. The first is a wonderful, amazing friend of mine. She is a first-year PhD student in communication, culture, and media at Drexel University in Philadelphia. She will be writing her dissertation on American Horror Story. She is the creator of the number one all-original American Horror Story meme page on Instagram, AHSFX Memes. Please welcome Maggie Regal. Hello, um, very excited to be here. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, we have a very special connection with our other guest that's on the podcast. Um, but I wanted to reiterate that you run the number one original American Horror Story meme page on Instagram, AHSFX Memes. Yes, thank you for the uh, shameless plug. Um, <laughs> memes have always been uh, a fascination of mine, and last year, just for fun, I decided I, I decided to uh, make um, an American Horror Story meme page. And um, after a month or two, it just like took off, and it's become like a daily thing that I do. I wake up and scroll Instagram, find some good content, and uh, depending on what's going on in the world, you know, I'll make um, memes uh, that correspond with current events or just memes in general um but yeah it's it's uh it's quite a quite a following i've actually had um a couple people from the show comment and or uh uh repost that's awesome um including um uh, angelica ross she she posted one of my memes in her story <laughs> uh ryan kira armstrong uh who played alma in american horror story uh double feature she commented on a couple of my memes. So yeah, it's uh, it's fun um, and kind of ties in with my academic work. Like you said, I'm a first year PhD student at Drexel University. Um, and as a first year, um, we, we don't start writing our dissertation right away. Um, I have to go through a whole process with taking exams. And uh, after, um, you know, I take my qualifying exams, then I will be eligible to submit a proposal for my dissertation. And if all goes well, I'll be writing about American Horror Story and um, the intersectional representations of um, race, disability, and queerness in the show. I actually just presented a paper uh, at the uh, Popular Culture Association Conference early this month about queer representation and visibility in American Horror Story. So that was that was very fun as well. And I'll be writing um, a discourse analysis paper uh, for one of my classes this quarter um, on American Horror Story Freak Show. So that's absolutely amazing. And I know all this is so um, personal to you because not only are you a horror enthusiast, you also are such a lover of the show American Horror Story. And you have always been an advocate for equality for all. So this touches you in so many different levels. Correct. Um, I have taken a course in critical race theory. I also have a master's certificate in uh, women, gender, and sexuality studies. So um, I'm very socially justice-minded, and I try to keep that um, as a, a, a focus and a center um, within my academic work. Since we are amazing friends, uh, we both went to the horror con in Allentown, Pennsylvania together. And we met someone who you met previously at another horror con. And this was my first time meeting 
this person. We got a photo op. She played Pepper on American Horror Story. She agreed to be on this podcast. Please welcome Naomi Grossman. Naomi, thank you so much for uh, coming on this podcast. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. I'm um, I'm a fan of Maggie's myself, so. Um, <laughs> How could one not be? You're gonna make me blush. I'm just, like so blushing over here. Wow. <laughs> so no, I love it. I mean, I love that. Um, I mean, of course, I I aim to entertain always, but the fact that she's able to, you know, take all this academia out of all this, you know what I mean? Like it's it's. It's really, it's amazing, like, what she's doing. Not to mention the fact that I have a, she endowed me, the last um, we we met at one of these cons, she endowed me with this rabid roof. Oh my God, there it is. She's she's beautiful, (laughs) smart, and artistic. It's just. I tried. Generous and lovely. So, yeah, she's the, she's a complete package. She really is. She actually. Oh gosh, guys, you just <laughs> make me feel so good about myself. Well, right for now. one of my birthdays, <laughs> you painted me the cover of my favorite horror movie, The Conjuring, and that's right. As another present, you c- created from scratch an original Annabelle replica from the Warren Occult Museum. Oh, that was for your Christmas present. That was. Yeah, it was a miniaturized <laughs> um, Annabelle uh, cabinet with a uh, um, not the actual Annabelle doll, but a, a miniature replica of like the actual Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, the exact so, same clothes, it's just a miniature version of that exact yeah. Raggedy Ann doll. It's amazing. Yeah, I've always been artistic and um, I, I like to, I mean, I just do it in my spare time. I've never really been trained formally, but my mom's a, um, an artist, so I think I get all of my uh, creativity genes from her. <laughs> Um, but when I knew I was going to be meeting Naomi at, uh, New Jersey HorrorCon, uh, last November, and I had seen, um, seen all of her posts with fans giving her drawings and paintings, and I'm like, I have to do something. Like, this is, this is, you know, uh, my opportunity. And everybody, you know, and, and because, you know, Pepper is such an amazing, you know, iconic character. Yes. And, and everybody has done, uh, you know, replicas, paintings of her. I actually wanted to do uh, Rabid Ruth um, from your role in American Horror Stories episode three, Drive-In, was was actually my favorite episode Same, of that, that was entire my favorite series. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, your performance was just amazing, and um, like the way that you die so gruesomely with the other with the scissor going into your oh. eye, I was oh so so amazing. Um, so, so yeah, I knew I had to do something different, and um, I actually painted that when I was like doing a Zoom session, a Zoom therapy session, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of nervous right now. I need, to, I need to do something, and and so I was actually painting it while I was like in a Zoom, Zoom therapy session. So anyway, oh yes. wow, I, now I'm looking <laughs> at it with a whole other like, I'm seeing you know my trauma, or, or rather Ruth's trauma, but then yours as well. Yep. Like, and now I, <laughs> It has layers. I love it. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you for uh, hanging on your wall. That's amazing. I think that's the... Oh, yes. Yeah. No, well, I... Like I said, this is a huge source of pride for me. You know, I, I don't have uh, babies. Uh, so, I mean, if I did, I'd probably, you know, put their chicken scratch up on my refrigerator. <laughs> These are my babies. You know, my, my work inspires others' work, and that's, that's, that's my pride and joy, so... Yes. That's that's awesome. I, the moment I met you, I knew I knew that Naomi was such a down to earth, awesome, wonderful person. 
Like the, just the moment words came out of your mouth, I, I knew it right away that you were this awesome, down-to-earth, amazing person. I, I just knew it. Um, and speaking of your roles, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a single person out there who watched American Horror Story who didn't love Pepper. Yes, right? <laughs> yes. Everybody like justice for Pepper. Everybody thinks she got such a, a raw deal after Elsa just you know abandoned her um, with with her crazy sister and and. Uh, and brother-in-law, and then she ends up in Briarcliff, and it's just, it's such a, it's just such a heartbreaking story, that scene, uh, where, where Elsa is saying goodbye, yeah. you know, to Pepper, and, you know, she's like, you know, whenever you get lonely, just, you know, think of me, and, you know, hold me here, <laughs> and just the way, just the way you emoted that, that entire scene was just beautiful, like, it was, like, Emmy, Emmy award-winning <laughs> quality, yeah, so, Thank you. That yeah, I I remember shooting that scene and thinking, this is really meta. You know, here I was, leaving leaving my new home in New Orleans, leaving this, you know, leaving Jessica Lang. I knew she wasn't coming back. I didn't know if I would. Um, you know, leaving um, my job. I mean, <laughs> you know, leaving Pepper. Like I was, I you know, Pepper. Elsa was leaving. Pepper was leaving. Naomi was leaving. It was it was a uh, goodbye in every way, and it was yeah. I didn't have to dig too deep for that. So some some <laughs> of that raw emotion was kind of put in that scene. Yeah, I mean, it was as an actor. Sometimes you're having to really dig deep, you know, <laughs> rack your brain for that time your dog died, you know. And this was one of those like I didn't have to work at all, like you know. If anything, I just had to make sure it like penetrated all that makeup because <laughs> it was there. Believe me, it was right there. Well, speaking of acting, uh, I wanted to kind of dive into how did you become an actress, and was this theme of horror something that was always part of you? Ah, okay. So, well, the first part, <laughs> how did I become of an actress? I mean, I've always just was. You know, I didn't like really become ever I just I just uh I I sometimes joke that it's akin to being gay like you you can't pray the gay away like I I've tried to pray the actor away but it doesn't go it's like there's um I just I kind of always was this person this like you know performer on the Enneagram like I've just always loved having an audience and like you know light a spotlight on me um and so you know from a really young age i i you know always said i wanted to be an actress or an astronaut and then when i learned at like age six i'd have to know math to do be an astronaut i was like there you go i'll be an actress <laughs> and um you know, and I, I like I said, I, I kind of already was like from a really young age. I was doing um, children's theater, and then soon, uh, you know, regional commercials and and whatever film and television came through Denver, Colorado, which wasn't a whole lot, but still, I did it. And so, you know, when it got when I got older, and that question, you know, what you gonna be? It's it was like, well, I kind of already am, like. <laughs> um and yeah i actually it's funny i remember um well i don't remember it but a 
a friend of mine who's actually one of the producers on my new show, my new one woman show, uh, American Horror Story, uh, recalls the time she first met me in college at Northwestern University in Chicago. It was new student a week. And, you know, nobody knows what they want in college. Like they're <laughs> figuring out their major, much less like what, what they want to be when they grow up. And I introduced myself as an actress. Hi, I'm Naomi Northman. I'm an actress. And she was like, wow, like, who is that self-assured at age, you know, 18? Um, but I was, in fact, like I said, I was that self-assured when I was six. Um, you know, if only I didn't have to do math to be an astronaut, I maybe wouldn't have been so sure. But other than that, um, yeah, I just didn't want to do math. Uh, your other question, the second part about was horror always on the radar? Is that Was that the question? That was, yeah. Um, it was not, uh, it's not to say that, uh, I don't love horror. It's just, I just love good work. And so sometimes it's horror or sometimes it's drama. Sometimes it's comedy. Like I'm not necessarily like, uh, loyal to the genre. I'm sorry to say, um, like there's a lot of horror that I don't like. I don't love, uh, slasher mm -hmm. gore porn you know that that doesn't do anything for me but um good storytelling like i don't care what the genre is i i love it um uh i would say you know growing up my parents didn't we didn't see a lot of that um they were just they were very like highbrow intellectuals so we watched pretty much exclusively like Sunday morning with Charles Kuralt, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, um, Cosmos with Carl Sagan. There again, the astronomy. So, um, you know, we weren't watching Freddy Krueger. I mean, I got to see it at, you know, slumber parties and whatnot. Um, but, you know, anything that wasn't considered kind of mm, mm, la di da, <laughs> uh, you know, I'd have to kind of like sneak. Like, literally, I remember, uh, you know, when my mom would go, my mom's a pianist, and when she would go, you know, teach a piano lesson, I'd quick like turn on the tube and, and catch a, a, an episode of, you know, Facts of Life or, or, or uh, you know, the sitcom du jour and um uh and you know and she'd come back and i could turn it off pretend i was doing something else i mean it was ri ridiculous like i mean i uh i i remember actually also being caught watching that movie clueless when i came home from college and and they were again well what is this and i had again i could only justify it by saying oh well you know uh, this is actually based on a Jane Austen novel. And they, oh, 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 okay, all right, fine. You know, it's like, not that they speak with this accent, but you know what I mean? Like, they were like that. Um, I mean, <laughs> so, so needless to say, you know, Jason and Freddie and Carrie were not really on my radar. But now, now that I don't have to sneak it now that I can watch whatever I want. Um, I, I, you know, I don't, I, 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 I just love big characters. That's kind of my thing. You know, I, I, I didn't find success right away in this business. Um, and so I decided for myself that, uh, I, you know, you kind of have to get a gimmick and that 
Um, I, I was probably better off in instead of trying to do everything um, to just do one thing well. And so that's when I, I just chose for myself that I was like a comedy girl. Like I'm kind of, you know, I'm quick witted and I enjoy improv. And so I, I, I just stuck to that. And I think now I realize that I was kind of doing myself a disservice. Like I'm, um, it's not that I'm just into comedy. I'm into big characters mm -hmm. and big characters uh, have a place in comedy without question, but not exclusively. Like when you think about it, there's the, I mean, look at Freddie, look at Jason. I mean, the man's got half his face burned off. Like that's a big character, and um, and actually he has some really hilarious moments. Oh, he does. So, <laughs> yeah, I think um, at the end of the day, I was you know I was trying to make it easier on myself by 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 really like focusing in on what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. but I think in the end of the day, it actually like kept me from right. It kind of limited. It kind of limited your opportunities, run. right? So how did yeah. you get the role on American Horror Story? Was it a simple audition? Did someone ask you to come on? How did that happen? It was. I um, yeah, I, I got a call from my agent at the time who said, you know, there's got an audition for American Horror Story. I didn't know what that was, um, but you know, I mean, that's basically the uh, the way it works is there's what they call the breakdowns uh that come out um basically uh, electronically all the uh the you know producers and casting directors around hollywood will release this press release essentially saying like this is what we're seeking and all the agents and managers and occasional actors will will get this um and and uh, basically submit their talent and um, you know in my case they it said four to five feet tall and, and that's how I s snuck in um, <laughs> you know they needed someone that was four to five feet tall possibly malformed childlike and um, you know I my agent at the time was not particularly good he would kind of uh, you know See what the breakdown said and you know throw throw talent at it and um in my case it stuck you know but um i mean who knows how many auditions he threw me at and 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 i didn't stick but um yeah so that that's how it worked that's how it works in general that's interesting i did not know that I kind of knew a little bit about the process just because I rewatched the show Entourage oh, okay. lately, and that's like all about Hollywood <laughs> and how actors get roles and whatnot. But sounds okay. sounds about right. So what was? I your... mean, there's more to it, obviously. I mean, ideally, like I said, you have an agent who has more of a vision for you and is, you know, instead of just getting an email and saying, "Ah, who's short." <laughs> <laughs> Who do I have as petite? Ah, Naomi. Boom. Um, you know, ideally they're crafting a career, but um, but yes, this is another this is the another way it works. Right. So, what was your first uh, thoughts when you started reading your lines and the uh, backstory of uh, Pepper? Well, I didn't really even have that uh, luxury. Uh, I wasn't. I mean, I really kind of got to know Pepper from the makeup 
uh, tests. Like we, you know, I, I went through several makeup tests and, you know, they range from like six hours in the chair. They kind of whittle it down. And that's when I first realized like kind of what the character was going to be. But even then, once I did like get the, the, the scripts, well, I didn't get the scripts. I never got scripts other than the sides. That is again, Hollywood speak for the, the lines that the pages that I was in. Gotcha. That's all I was ever given then. Uh, for a side, for free show, uh, they did give me full scripts, and I was I felt very special. Like I was, <laughs> I finally arrived. Um, although then for Apocalypse, I got I was back to getting just sides. So you know, you never know. Um, you know, I think in general, this the show just tends to be extremely secretive. Uh, they're only going to tell you what they feel like they really, really need to know. And um, yeah, I mean, the fact is, honestly, for Pepper, I didn't need to know about Grace's baby and the, the, the you know, uh, Shelly's sex addiction, addiction. I mean, those weren't, that wasn't, like, Pepper needed to know about, you know, rats string and you know they, like there was there was i that was the uh the beauty of it all like pepper didn't actually need to know much at all <laughs> um but you know i needed to know the character and and that i did so um but you know it was funny it meant that for example when we were you know we only would shoot the show like maybe four weeks or so ahead of the viewing public so when Pepper went pee and then didn't come back from the bathroom, uh, people would ask me, like, well, where's Pepper? She fall in? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I I know I'm not allowed to cut my hair, and that's good news. But, you know, I, for all I knew, I'd been, you know, written off. Like, I, I had no idea, really. And actually, for that matter, the episode, um, when uh, the very first episode of Asylum, when Sister Mary Eunice uh, says, oh, Pepper, she cut her sister's baby's ears off or whatever, I I didn't know. Like, I didn't know if that was true. I didn't know if I had, if I had it, if I, you know. And, and for that matter, I didn't know the full story until two years later when... A freak show episode Orphans came out. So, you know, I kind of, if you look at me, I kind of make this like little devilish face, like mm, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. <laughs> and we don't, because we don't, we don't know. And so, uh, you know, like I said, I have to believe that the, the producers um, are giving us just enough that we need to know, but not enough that we're, they're not throwing us under the bus. But um, or or rather justifying uh, any any actor choices that we've made. For example, uh, I didn't know that Salty was my husband until that episode. Like I always just thought he was my brother. You know, <laughs> I didn't I didn't know. Like that was never established. Right. All I know is what I read, and it, it it's not in the it's not in the page on the page. So um, I just figured he was my you know twin, and now all of a sudden we're getting married. Um, <laughs> so again, I'm like, wow, kind of would have probably liked to know that. But <laughs> once again, 
they're, they justified it. They said their love was a, you know, love for the ages. It was, um, it transcended sex. It was, and again, more of a platonic, like sibling love. Um, so, so again, it goes both ways. Like, <laughs> um, they, they, they're not trying to dupe us. They're not trying to, you know, right. uh, but you know, they, they have our back. Right. So you're, you're given just enough, but you're kind of, sounds like you have the ability to kind of make the character your own, essentially. And yeah, I think you I did mean, that. I knew that, like, an actor never wants to be super micromanaged. You know what I mean? Like, the we talk about um, uh, line readings. And, like, if a director were to ever to say, you know, say it like the play with me. They, that is, like... <laughs> That is like no, like actors walk off. You know what I mean? That that you don't know. Um, uh, so you know they're they've got the best of the best directors on set, and so they're gonna tell you, you know, they're not gonna do that for one. They're gonna mm -hmm. tell you what you need to know, and that was douche litzy. Like I knew <laughs> as long as I was. Um, you know, emulating a little character from the 1933 film Freaks, after whom Pepper was modeled, that I was doing my job, and and that was a beautiful thing. The fact that they uh, trusted me with literally two word bit of direction, do schlitzy, um, and, and yet that was enough. It was it was the perfect amount. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, and you definitely this character on your own and i love everything about pepper you know you really did an awesome job putting your own self into the character and creating something new it's just absolutely spectacular um do you have a favorite moment uh filming american horror story and do you have a favorite season filming uh um season filming would have been freak show for sure I, it's just, you know, we were on location in, in, um, uh, New Orleans, which is an infinitely more interesting place than Los Angeles. Although I live in Los Angeles, <sighs> um, you know, and being on location is very special. You're like, I mean, I got to quit my day job. I, you know, I couldn't possibly clone myself and be in two places at once. So I, I had to go there and do just that like my full attention was being pepper um which is pretty magical um you know we were like living in this freak dorm there you know dandies down the hall and amazon eve's cooking tonight and, you know it's, it was a really special time um besides my role was so much better like especially later on in the season come that you know that Grand Pepisode. I mean, <laughs> Pepisode. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. <laughs> the 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 mo this magical moment. Um, I I gotta think about that. What that would be, but it definitely would have been from that episode because that episode was the ultimate. You know, I'd been building up to that the entire time. Like I remember, like working on Freak Show, thinking. I've been playing with string for a while. I've been delivering the fat lady a lot of food. Like, there's got to be a reason they brought me back. Like, there's no, it, there's no way I'm just here to 
bop around with salty in the background. Like I'm there's, you know, especially since uh, up until that point, we hadn't seen a returning character. So that, you know, they were breaking some rules uh, of their own to, to have me back. And so I knew there had to be a reason for that. Um, and then, you know, then when they, well, now we know why, but, um, you know, it's hard because now when I watch, when I've watched it, I think my favorite, uh, scene for me is when, um, Pepper is, uh, beating her head against the, 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 uh, asylum, uh, wall and Sister Mary Eunice finds her and, and that scene is so just, I don't know, touching to me somehow. I, I remember shooting it. It was like four in the morning and I was exhausted. And I remember like, I was all cried out. Like at that point, I wasn't sure if, you know, it says in the script, like a single tear falls down first cheek. And I was like, oh God, like, you know, Jessica Lange is a geyser. She can just read that and like, you know, you can just turn it on. I, on the other hand was like, oh man, I'm a comedy girl. Like I, I, I hadn't been asked to, you know, turn it on literally on and off like that since drama school 20 years ago so um you know i wasn't sure if i was had had any left and and miraculously i did and um yeah it was um i and also just watching that that scene it was like oh it's yeah it's it's heartbreaking we all felt yeah. it everyone that yeah. watched it felt it for sure and it just goes to show <laughs> how great of an actress you are Oh, yes. I can't you. imagine Pepper being played by anybody else. No. Like that is no. that is totally hundred percent Naomi all of the way. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's. I rem- I mean, I also remember just being there, and like walking into that asylum room, thinking, "Whoa, what happened?" Like I read the script, I knew it was coming, but then to all of a sudden walk in and be like oh my god it was like walking back in time like wait a minute this was two years ago this was in los angeles like wait for me like (laughs) you just built this like this asylum for me and and not only that but those walls that wall that pepper was banging her head against they actually padded that so like so so that i could really bang my head without you know welts which again, it's just, that's how great a show this is, by yeah. the way, that they think of that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the fact that whoever's the, the construction crew or art department or you know, set designers are thinking not only, okay, we need a wall that looks like an asylum, but we need to make it so that the actor isn't, can actually bang her head without, you know, hurting herself. Like that's, that's next level. That's there's a lot of moving pieces with that. That's crazy to think that all of those things have to correlate together and on time. Um, right. When was the moment we realized, oh my god, like I'm on this awesome TV show that has a huge following, and that kind of you know launched your career a little bit more? Like when did you have that realization in American Horror Story? Um, I don't think there was any one moment. I think it was definitely like an accumulation. Like, you know, it was one of those, like I'd open my 
computer in the morning and you know just like maggie like scroll through instagram and like <laughs> holy crap i have um <laughs> i don't know how many you know thousands of more followers <laughs> today than i did yesterday or you know um oh there's uh someone tattooed my face on their inner thigh <laughs> <laughs> uh, or um you know i'm driving down the street and there's a pepper for president poster uh <laughs> posted on a telephone pole or i'm leaving a coffee shop and there's tmz jumping out of the bushes at me like <laughs> it, it like it all happened very fast like you know like i said i went like kind of basically 22 years between getting my SAG card and like actually getting this role. Right. So I went, you know, there was like, I had flat line, there was no activity for a long time. And then all of a sudden it was just like, boom, 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 boom. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I would say those first sort of six months uh, after, or not even three months after the show first aired, that it was just, one thing after another like just totally surreal and you know and i and we but we were still shooting at the time so i was going from you know my uh uh clocking in and out at the you know linguist the lingual institute where i was teaching spanish you know i was like basically conjugating verbs for money and then i'd go to paramount and be a tv star like okay you know it was like what's happening and my students were like what's happening <laughs> i mean it was it was it was it was surreal i did not know that you taught spanish and you're going from one job and then you're going to oh i'm on tv like that's <laughs> that's kind of that has to be very surreal i mean it was always the dream don't get me wrong like my students knew that i was an actress like i never hid that well <laughs> it kept me from having to wait tables because I was a terrible waitress. I did that too. Maggie, um, Maggie but, bartended you know, for quite some time. Basically, my, my teaching job, what's that? Maggie bartended for quite some time yeah. when she knows the horrors. <laughs> I, I was in the restaurant industry for over 10 years and uh, it is, um, it yeah, you're you're lucky that you were able to, to teach Spanish rather than wait tables because it's it's a it's its own you know American horror story. It's the, <laughs> the service industry in this country. Um, so yeah, I, I totally get it. Yeah, no, I mean, I believe me, I did everything. I drove the Red Bull car until I crashed it into a shopping mall. Oh my I, God. <laughs> I danced for money at bar mitzvahs. I. I posed nude in art classes. Like I tried everything. Um, and yes, I, I waited tables everywhere. I was like, yeah. But, I, and then, you know, the Spanish was like, okay, we need a real job. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, the teaching Spanish just, it, it allowed me to kind of, you know, use my, use some use my double major i was a, a spanish double major but also uh, i had um a captive audience i was a i was 
basically workshopping my material. It was in Spanish. Nobody <laughs> cared. Nobody understood. But um, you know, I, I got I got what I wanted. I, I I had all eyes on me. I was the smartest one in the room for the first time again. And um, yeah, so the, the I didn't mind teaching. I I, I mean, it was an infinite improvement to like I said, all those other dingling jobs right. that, that I had prior. Um, but um, but believe me, I was thrilled when I was able to finally quit it. That's awesome and well deserved because you are a great actress. Um, speaking of great actors and actresses, was there someone from Making a Horror Story that um, I guess was either great to do scenes with or maybe um, a little intimidating to do scenes with? I mean, are you asking about Jessica Lang? <laughs> anyone, it, does, it doesn't matter. Anyone. Who I mean, she was great to do scenes with and definitely intimidating to do scenes with. I mean, she's Jessica Lang. Like she's, she's a I mean, I'm getting yeah. like palmy palms, like sweaty palms just thinking about her. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, no, no, but I mean, that's why she's so great to, I mean, the reason she's so intimidating is because she's so great. Um, she's so giving as an actress, like you don't have to do anything. Like you have to have done your homework. That is know your character, embody this person, like who they are, where they came from, what they want, where they, where they've been, where they're going, you know, do your actor work and then just show up. Then just be there, present in the moment, listening, feeling, reacting. Like she's giving you so much that, um, you know, as long as you've done, you, you know, <laughs> did, prepared, did your homework and then came to work that day present then your job is done she a great actor makes it easy that makes a lot of sense uh maggie do you have any questions for her i just have one question and uh, you might have already answered this um but is what is your favorite season of american horror story i know you said that you appreciated murder house because it was before you got involved and you can kind of look at it from that angle. Um, but but is that your favorite season or is there another season that you absolutely love? Um, yeah, I would say, you know, like I said, as a participant freak show, as a viewer, probably Murder House. Although a lot of people tell me that they love Asylum. Uh, and Asylum's pretty awesome it too. Is. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Up there. I mean, especially I think for hardcore for horror fans, like Asylum is just like buffet. You know, <laughs> it's like you get you get a little bit of everything. Like you don't you, you know. Um, so I I do I I understand why people love that season it's um it's just real it's scary too it's yeah. it's it's really well well made every season is very well made i mean the the creators the actors the writers everything is just done so fantastic not only that but it's the set creators the costume designers everything is put to well so amazing for the show yeah um so we're going to take a little break uh we'll be right back and when we do 
we're gonna talk about uh, some haunted places in LA, one of which is your own house. Ghost Encounters Podcast is sponsored by the Eric Ledbetter team with Iron Valley Real Estate. Contact the Eric Ledbetter team for all your real estate needs. Visit theericledbetterteam.com. Also sponsored by Phoenix Fire Media. Bring the heat to your online presence with their digital marketing experts, professional photography, and video productions. Visit phoenixfiremedia.com. If you're enjoying Ghost Encounters Podcast, hit subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ghost Encounters PA. To watch full episodes of the Ghost Encounters show, visit ghost-encounters.com. And we are back. Naomi mentioned to me at the uh, HorrorCon in Allentown that she actually lives in a house that is haunted. So I wanted to ask her what kind of things happen there. Um, but first, uh, when did you acquire the house and did you know it was haunted before you moved in? I did not. Um, <laughs> it's funny, I, I just got a new neighbor and uh, I told her, less than a week ago when I met her. Oh, we've we had some hauntings lately. I know she thinks I'm insane. Because um, she's like, wait, what? Huh? So now I'm that lady. Now, you know. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I knew moving in or pr even prior to making the purchase that uh, Peter Lawford had lived here previously. Um, he's a member of the Rat Pack. Um, and... Uh, but I didn't really know everything until I read his biography and sure enough, they talk about, you know, his last residence and they, you know, they, it, it's, it's here <laughs> and, um, and they talk about how he only lived here a year and some of that year was spent at the Betty Ford Center where he was helicoptering in cocaine. So oh. he wasn't trying to get better. Um, he, he died quite young. I want to say like, like he was like not even 60 or something. Right, I mean, yeah. he was, he was too young to, to die the way he did, but he had, now he's going to start blinking the lights, <laughs> but you know, he was really, he was abusing himself, uh, to say the least, uh, on his, you know, vodka, quailu cocaine diet. <laughs> um, uh, he only lasted here a year. And then apparently uh, was found bleeding on my kitchen floor, uh, was rushed to Cedar sinai uh, which is, you know, a, a hospital here, and died there a week later on Christmas Eve. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> if you are into, you know, haunted houses and spooky things, like this is, this is a good place for it. Um, I mean, I didn't know any of that. I, I just knew that, you know, he had lived here. And so I um, very naively, uh, you know, I wanted to think that, you know, he and Sammy and Dean, you know, <laughs> they were like doing blow on my kitchen counter, you know, uh, at, while like, you know, starlets skinny dipped outside. It, it really wasn't like that. Like, he hit way rock bottom by the time he came here. Like, Marilyn was dead. 
Frank and he, you know, the bromance was done. Like right. it was not, it was not the way I had envisioned it. Um, but alas, he was here and, um, you know, we, we celebrate it here at the Lawford. Um, we like, literally it's like called the Lawford and I have actually like, I can probably, I can show you. Um, there's like a, I have a plaque. Um, oh, wow. and, and I didn't even put it there. It was the, the HOA that, that did it. But, um, uh, let's see here. Can you see? There it is. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that's so, so cool. You know, it is, it's, and here, oh, I'll show you the, the, the spot. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's where it was found, bleeding out. Found. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. What was your reaction when you realized he was bleeding out on your kitchen? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry that he had right. such a, you know, ugly end but um i mean what are the chances you know what i mean like not only that but i mean he's had such he had such a rich literally rich life like yeah. came from british aristocracy married to a kennedy uh you know uh party with slept with every starlet in town um you know i mean he was like and and then how do you go from all that to like bleeding out on my kitchen floor. Like that's like, <laughs> like how did that happen? So do you think he is haunting your house? And if so, what kind of things happen? So I do, but remember, I've already told you, I believe that we create our realities. So the fact that like, I don't even, I don't even know that I believe in like an objective truth. Like I think everything is seen through our own lens, right? And so if I believe um, that I'm never gonna be late again and that this virus is gonna keep me, like I'm gonna be res reduced to this little, then it is, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, thankfully, it's not. But <laughs> <laughs> it's only because I believed it was so, right? So the fact that I believe that I'm being haunted by him, therefore I am. I, here, I'll show you um, again. We'll do, do, do. see you. I have this little like mirror over here mm -hmm. with these. Yeah. Um, and I, I posted it previously, but there was a point where these lights were going like on, off, on, off, on, oh, wow. off, on, off. Like, like stuff like that happens. Fortunately, I just happened to be um, shooting a cameo. I don't know if you're familiar with cameo, yep. but it's a, an app. And you're able to ask, you know, your favorite sports figures and movie stars and whoever right. to, you know, sing happy birthday, <laughs> you know, hey, you know, sing me the name game. So I was in the middle of a cameo and all of a sudden it started going and I was like, what? And I pivoted over like, look, look. Um, so you never know when you when you order a cameo from me, you might get uh, Peter, too. Um <laughs> But he's a friendly ghost. Like, I think, I believe he knows how much I love him. He knows that I spent a, like a large part of the pandemic uh, writing about him. Um, he is a, 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 a important character in, in American horror story. And um, I think he loves it. I think he 
you know, I mean, he 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 was like me. He's a performer at heart. He wants to be in the middle of it, and that's why he reminds me of his presence every now and then. That's that's really awesome. I I, I could see that that connection because he was an actor and he sees how great of an actress you are and you know having that connection with a, a spirit in a house would definitely bring upon paranormal activity you know i mean it could definitely be argued that i have some funky electrical wiring <laughs> did we just capture an evp from naomi's house you can hear there's some kind of interference. Then there's another female voice over top of Naomi speaking. It sounds like it's saying, hey, listen again. You know, I mean, it could definitely be argued that I have some funky electrical wiring. Hey. Some funky electrical wiring. Hey. I, I'm not denying that, but I... I like, I prefer the story that I have a, um, a movie star, like, you know, hanging out in the afterlife in my house. <laughs> like that is, yeah. I prefer that story personally. Has anything else happened? Any weird cold spots or any doors opening and closing by themselves? Anything else that you can recall that has happened that could be considered paranormal activity? I, I mean, there's been three, oh, three occasions where there was like lights were crazy. Um, and one of them, again, it's in the show, but uh, was specifically, it happened to be at a time when I, it was the first time I really partied here um when i moved in i was in the middle of like a really dark breakup to the point where i wasn't really doing anything fun and uh i mean it took a good like nine months for me to really like let my hair down and be myself again and that night was the night that like the first night that i really just let my freak flag fly was was the night that that peter came came to me the first time um now you know now he just checks in every now and then um but uh, there was a time specifically it was i want to say his the 30 it was either 30 or 25 year anniversary of his death um a light outside came and I don't just mean I mean the entire lamp oh, wow. came crashing down yeah he it was, was pretty wild I, re I remember it was the uh, eve of his death I came home and it was flashing and I actually recorded it for my friend Bridget Markhart who you guys may know as um uh, one of Hugh Hefner's main girlfriends okay. she was one yeah. of the girls next door if you remember that tv show uh -huh. So back when I was a Spanish teacher, she was actually one of my students. Oh, wow. um, and since then, uh, she she's like she's a huge like she has a ghost podcast herself called Ghost Magnet, which is all about exactly this. You should check it out. I you love it. Um, but yeah, she's like, you know, she's the queen of Halloween and she loves all things paranormal herself. And so I, I remember shooting a quick video and sending it to Bridget like what do you think because she's actually been over here herself with her little you know ghost 
whatever it is <laughs> contraption and sure enough you can imagine with a playmate my god the thing was <laughs> off the chart because peter peter actually used to have a room in the playboy mansion oh um, wow yeah like he and half were homies and he took uh, one of his now well not now because he's dead but uh, one of his uh, wives um or became a wife he they went there on like their second date and stayed for weeks <laughs> allegedly but anyway um i remember showing that to bridget being like what do you think and she was like oh that's crazy and then sure enough and it you know the lights when it gets light up our lights turn off mm -hmm. you know they're on a timer but that night the night that um he died uh sure enough they you know the lights come up as they do when it is five or six o'clock you know on a, a cold december night and um and sure enough i remember getting ready it was christmas eve and i was i had someone coming over we we're going to go to a party and i heard a crash or, or like a loud bang and i i figured it was my my guest coming to the door and i was like but that was a it's a weird way to like knock you know <laughs> so i was like what's what was that so i coming and i came out and i opened the door almost thinking i might see peter but no or at, at the very least my my house guest i came out and there sure enough was our lamp like it had fallen to the ground wow. it was like yeah like the whole the whole thing that's crazy so I mean, again, people could say, yeah, a coincidence. It, it, you know, it happened to be the 30 year anniversary of his death. Okay. That's a big coincidence for that to happen like that. Yeah. And it is the fact that, I mean, obviously he liked the party. You have a huge party and stuff starts happening, you know? So that energy it, that he I'm connects saying. with like, is building up that. It's almost like yeah. it was Peter saying, yes thank you for moving in like yes. this is what this house is supposed to be about or it's and, not about wallowing alone home alone you know crying over some <laughs> guy who's cheating on you with all of west hollywood like this is what we're supposed to be doing like let your hair down fun baby. party yeah and yes. the fact that you had a a playmate come by and I'm assuming she had the EMF detector K2 meter and it was probably going off the charts. Like off these the things, are, these are just too many coincidences for them to be coincidences, right? You know, I have another ghost story. My cousin who passed away of cancer, um, he was 30 and I, when I was maybe 18, when I was back to his house, uh, or rather my aunt's house um, after his death, I mean, he literally suffered for like two years in this in this house, and um, it was the first time back after his death. And I was taking a shower in his bathroom, and all of a sudden the lights were flashing. Flash! It was the same thing that wow. I have here, and I remember saying to my aunt, "Like, you gotta see." there's something going on in that bathroom. It's like the lights are crazy. And she, she turned white. She was like, it's only happened one other time. And it was to her right after, right after his death. Wow. And I just got she's like, 
she was like, oh my goodness, like that, and that never happened to me. I mean, she's like, I'm sure it's because it's you, you're back. And he's, you know, he's saying hello. Um, and, and, but she's had other weird things happen in that bathroom. She um, had like out on the vanity, like one of these little, very delicate little like seed pots <laughs> that was just sitting there. And um, I want to say it was like a one, the one year anniversary of his death. And she'd gone to his gravesite and she said to him, just give me a sign. I need to know that you're, that you're, you hear me and that you're okay, that we're, that, that you're, you know, we're okay. And she went back to that, her house later that day. And that little seed pot had been, had cracked. It was literally in a million pieces oh, on no. the vanity. Now, the weird thing is like, it hadn't fallen. Right. Like it was still, nothing had it was still fallen. on the vanity. Just It was still in its spot. It was just shattered. That's crazy. Wow. And wow. so, you know, again, we don't, you know, is it coincidence? <laughs> I don't know. Is it, uh, do, do the, do the men suffer from like electrical issues? <laughs> Perhaps. Um, you know, I don't know, but it, it is weird. It's weird how these things, um, I mean, this was someone very close to me who, right. you know, passed and, um, you know, it wants to say hello, you know, Peter, I feel close to, and, you know, I, I, I believe he's still with me. I, and again, I'm not afraid of these stories. I love them. I, I love feeling it's almost like this warm embrace like I, yeah. I i i i don't i'm not alone i like it that way <laughs> well that's a good that's a good way to look at it i mean especially since he is a friendly ghost obviously nothing bad is going on and you know um but it's nice to know that you're not alone and that you have this other actor that's kind of there with you absolutely yeah so what what are you working on Currently, um, you keep mentioning uh, um, stuff that you're writing and, and stuff like that. What are you currently working on Oh, yeah, so I, I did, I wrote a, in the course of the pandemic, I wrote a new solo show. So I have a couple one-woman shows, like our comedy specials, basically, um, which I did years ago, prior to Pepper. Um, but now I have a third. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a love letter to fans. It's, uh, it's before. Pre-Pepper, post-Pepper, as Pepper. Uh, it's called American Horror Story. <laughs> it's a, um, it's an autobiographical uh, anthology of um, tales of self-compromise, um, <laughs> like a whore. Um, uh, it's, so when I say whore, I don't mean like promiscuous whore. That was right. the last show. <laughs> that was Carnival Knowledge. This is more of like. A hustler whore so um but you know american hustler story doesn't have quite the same ring right. to it so <laughs> so this does not exist yet it okay. exists on the page um it, it, it it's um so we got this I exclusive trying... little behind the scenes already look at that yeah 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 <laughs> well i was trying to raise money for it um i i very nice 
really thought I could like win the money because uh, there was this like yoga contest. I saw yoga that. journal was yeah. giving away like ten thousand dollars. I was I was well, going every day. By the way, I was going on Facebook you, and doing the daily so bow. So yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, no. Well, as it turns out, nothing's for free, and the free daily vote was great if you have a million followers, which I do, and that's how I skated along as long as I did but at the end of the day it became very clear that it was not just free that people were buying votes mm. and that's fine for them that's not how I wanted to win I'm not sure how it will happen but it will be happening so we can look forward to that um uh I did um I, I just wrapped a movie uh in Florida I was shooting until last week um it's called Pet Detectives. It's a kids movie. I've never done any kids movies, and yet I think I'd be perfect for them because yeah. I am kind of <laughs> animated. Um, uh, I also, I, well, for what it's worth, uh, Sean Astin is in it uh, from, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings mm -hmm. and Goonies mm -hmm. and um, Stranger Things. Yep. Um, uh, David Faustino is in it. He, he played Bed, Bud Bundy in um, uh, Married with Children. Yep. Uh, Corin Nemec is in it. He's, uh, you know, from Parker Lewis, Can't Lose. Those two play my um, my brothers, actually. We're, um, oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and, yeah, I don't want to tell you about Sean's role because it's a bit of a spoiler. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll keep it on the hush. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, there's a bunch of kids and a bunch of pets. <laughs> uh, they say not to work with uh, animals and uh, um, children, but that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 you know what? I think I'm going to take a watch on that because that's if a you're, lot. If you're, if you're in, in it, it and the other watch people it. that you mentioned, yeah, we, yeah. We, we have to watch and it. And speaking of that, I actually just watched your movie, Bite Me, last oh. night. It's been on oh. my to-do list to watch. And I'm like, you know what? It's the end of the school week. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to watch this movie because I get to see Naomi tomorrow. And I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I loved your Aww. character. I loved when she was just doing yoga in the living room <laughs> at the one point. And like when you guys all go to the ball, she just like walks in all, you know, like, you know, uh, like she's she's the boss. Um, it <laughs> yeah. was it was a great movie, and I love how like down to earth it was. I love the romance story um, and how they they portrayed vampires. They just like normalized them. You know, they're just regular people. Very um, different kind of vampire. Very movie. different kind of vampire. Yeah. Um, so yeah, excellent job. It was it was uh, awesome. That's fun. So I purchased Thank it you. on Amazon Thank Prime, you. so oh, I'll good. be able to watch it again <laughs> and again. So, oh, good. Yeah. Any... Thank you, thank you. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's another movie I did recently that I uh, I missed the screening for. They they did it just recently while I was in shooting the Pet Detectives called Replica, and that's the other thing I think we probably most immediately can look out for. Um, it's very different from any from from Bite Me. Very different from Pet Detectives. It's uh, it, uh, Mickey Rourke is in it. It's drama. And I play a um, neo-Nazi meth head. Oh my god! Oh wow! Yeah, girl, you so, versatile in your yeah. acting. Damn, you pepper <laughs> neo-Nazi, do vampires. Like, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, again, characters come in all shapes and sizes in all genres. So, um, you know, when you need someone to really like 
go for it, go full bore, you know, fall down that YouTube rabbit hole of, you know, faces of meth in Walmart, I'm your girl. <laughs> That's awesome. So we have just a couple uh, minutes left. Um, I did just want to briefly uh, touch on uh, two other places in your area that you may know about that are haunted. Um, the first one is, I know you mentioned uh, Murder House is your favorite season of American Horror Story. Um, the house that it's at is actually the Rosenheim Mansion. Uh, it's located at 1120 Westchester Place. And that is actually a haunted house. Um, the owners, when they uh, bought the place, they had no, they had no idea um, that this place was haunted. Um, and they, they didn't have any idea that uh, it was the location for American Horror Story. Right. Yeah. But when they, right before they moved into the house, they got an email from the previous sellers saying, everything will be out except the ghosts. <laughs> and that's, that's all they said. And even just their first night there, I mean, you just move into a house. The house isn't fully, you know, lived in yet. There's almost nothing in the house. They're, they're sleeping and they're woken up by this huge bang that was so loud they said it sounded like their floor was caving in or something because it was coming right from the floor beneath them and they went to inspect it they actually called the police and looked around and there was nothing so that that house that american horror story murder house is filmed in is actually haunted actually a couple years ago they they live stream a, a seance in the basement uh, on halloween i guess they got so tired of fans like crazy fans um you know lingering around the house trying to you know trying to t uh even you know get into the house and they're like well let's kind of lead into it and you know let's let's uh do a live a live stream of a seance in the basement so Shouldn't have done that yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't invite demons or negative entities into your house <laughs> no way you could no i mean i'm sure it's the same owners since horror story right so i'm I know there was a family that moved in after after the show, uh, after you know the original season, and from what I read, they were not told um, that it you know ha had been in this um, you know this big TV show, and so they had tons of people taking pictures and like what the hell is going <laughs> on? They built this um, really big chain link fence, and I guess they tried to sue the realtor for not telling them. So. Um, I own. Wow, I, I do own... not know any of this. I mean, part of me is like, what rock are you living under that you didn't know <laughs> well, that? that too, right. <laughs> well, so I own two marketing and production companies, uh, HomeSpot Media and Phoenix Fire Media. Um, HomeSpot Media does productions and marketing on the real estate side. And um, one of my uh, regular podcasters, uh, Eric, he's actually a real estate agent. And there are things that you don't necessarily have to disclose um, about a house. And... Each state is a little bit different with their laws, but including um, if a house is haunted, it's not necessarily a thing or a thing you have to disclose. Um, if someone was murdered there, you should disclose it. Uh, you know, uh, there are things that you should do, but not necessarily things that you have to disclose, uh, which is really interesting. Um, but I just thought it was cool that that house actually is a haunted house um, that the murder house was filmed in. I've heard that. I've heard that. And then Maggie, I think you researched another place too, correct? Yeah, I was uh, doing some research about haunted houses in Los Angeles, and I came across 
um, this house called the um, the Soudin House, and it's located at 5121 Franklin Avenue. It was built in 1926 um, by Lloyd Wright, who was the son of Frank Lloyd Wright. Um, he was hired to build it for an artist and photographer named John Soudin. Um, and it's like almost fortress-like in construction. Uh, it has uh, concrete textile blocks, uh, mind themes, decorative block work. Has a cave-like front entrance. Um, it does. If you look at pictures, it's a really it's cool looking really house. It's really amazing looking house. It has seven bedrooms, four baths. It's over um, 5,600 square feet. So it's a massive, massive house. And in 1945, there was this doctor named uh, George Hodel who uh, purchased this house. And this guy was... Um, he was a child prodigy. He uh, entered the California Institute of Technology at the age of 14. Ended up having a, an affair with uh, a professor's wife, got her knocked up, and mm. so he got kicked out. Went to medical school um, where he specialized in the treatment of venereal diseases, ironically. Um, and he had like a weird fascination with surrealist art. He became friends with this uh, surrealist painter named Man Ray, uh, who was like super into sadomasochism. And um, I guess I guess the doctor would throw these like drug infused wild hedonistic parties and orgies in the house, um, and and the the guy had a he he would go on to have a father eleven different children, but um, his daughter Tamar was born in 1935, and um, I guess he he uh, she took him to court. Um, because uh, she said that he he raped her and that he uh, he knocked her up and had, she had an abortion um, and all of these other crazy awful things. He um, did the abortion then, probably right. I would assume did so. He, he, he did abortions. as Yeah, well. he did abortions as well. Um, and so it was this whole big to do. Uh, she said that she she was raped during the parties that they had in this house. So like, yeah, there's all this really awful things going do you on think in this he's- house. The abortion doctor from American Horror. I mean, there's a lot of similarities. It it seems it seems like you know um, this house has the similar history to like too far apart. So it would yeah, because they're both in Los Angeles um, and they're both very very ornate and 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 big. Um, And he's he actually became uh, under uh, suspicion for being the black black Dahlia murderer. Um, And so uh, she was um, actually said to be a patient of his and that she was treated at at his clinic for venereal diseases. Um, And so after she was murdered, uh, uh, he became a suspect not only because of being taken to court, you know, by his daughter, but also because his um, his secretary mysteriously died. and so uh, they never made any arrests with for him. Um, but, but not only that, wasn't it because of the way she was murdered? It had yeah. to be from a doctor. Or yeah. So the way that she was murdered was um, was very uh, graphic. Te- graphic, technical. Um, I believe that the procedure that uh, was used on her was called a hemicorporectomy. It's where you cut between the second and third lumbar vertebrae, which is the only way you can divide the body without cutting the bone. So it was a unique procedure that was taught in the 1930s when he actually went to medical school. Um, And another creepy thing was that the way the body was posed um, with the way that the the top of the body was separated a foot away from um, the lower section of the body is similar to one of uh, his surrealist painter's um, painting the uh, uh, Man Ray, the surrealist painter, uh, did this uh, painting in 1939 called Le Beau Temps, 
And it's this weird, sur yeah, surrealism is, is really weird. Um, but it has like a, a, a figure that's separated in the same way. So, um, yeah. Interesting. And her uterus was surgically removed. Yeah, right? the, the uterus was removed. Um, and she also had long gashes extending from her mouth that looked like a smile. Yeah, really awful like stuff. Like he was, he was acquitted, right? Uh, no, they never, they never, uh, never pursued even... him. Um, but his son, uh, George actually was a retired uh, Los Angeles police uh, officer. And uh, he had ended up um, doing his own little investigation and found the uh, found transcripts from when the police had actually bugged the house. Wow. And in the transcripts, um, it, it ended, there was a, a clip of uh, uh, the doctor saying, suppose that I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. Jeez. Yeah, so he actually, um, uh, the son, uh, Steve, he actually wrote a book um, called uh, The Black Dahlia Avenger um, about his little mini investigation into it. Uh, the house, I guess, now is a historical landmark. Uh, it's owned by um, the founders of the company Canapet, which manufactures um, uh, CBD products okay. for pets. Yeah, so um, it's been in a bunch of uh, movies and TV shows like LA Confidential, um, America's Next Top Model. So yeah, like really creepy stuff um, happened so in that if, house. if you're driving by any of these, uh, now you know yeah. a little bit more backstory about them. <laughs> you said the five, 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 seven something or other Franklin? Uh, fifty one twenty one Franklin Avenue is fifty one twenty one. Yeah. So uh, that area right there is there's a ton of Scientology buildings. Oh jeez. So <laughs> it's already cre creepy as far as I'm concerned. Say that's you know, real yeah. horror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, lock wow. your doors if you drive drive through the area. <laughs> so, for so, sure. For sure. You know. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all the time uh, we have for today. Maggie, thank you for coming on and sharing. Naomi, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, we love your work. We love you. We hope to see and hear from you again. Thank you, well, Naomi. Well, thank you guys both. It was so lovely seeing you again. And um, good luck, Maggie, with your studies. And hopefully I'll see you again uh, soon. Sounds good. We'll look out for you at another horror con. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs>